Hey, how's it going? Sunny here with the Homebuyer X podcast, the Homebuyer Experience podcast, where we share with you real life experience of first time homebuyers. I have my guest here and business partner and friend, uh, Chelsea Almario, who runs an amazing real estate business here in San Diego. Chelsea, thank you so much for making it on the podcast. What's up? This is dope. <laughs> Hi, Sunny. Can you uh, share a little bit about uh, you know who you are, what you do? and? Yeah, I'm Chelsea Almario. I'm 31. I just got married. I'm like a Ooh. month and a half married. Whoa. To my wife, Tara. I'm Filipino. I'm the youngest sibling <laughs> of three. And I do for work. What do I do for work? Nah, just kidding. Good. I'm in the top 5% of realtors in San Diego. I help inspire, educate, and empower home buyers and home sellers to make smart moves. You know, why do you, why do, you do real estate? So real estate was not my first thing I thought I was going to do. You know, life happened and I realized I wanted to start a business. Mm-hmm. So my first business I tried to start was actually my first business I tried to do was a, you know, those chair, like a lawn chair. Okay. I yeah. tried to make a lawn chair with a, like pedals by the feet. So when people are watching their kids playing soccer or something, they could work out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first idea. Yeah. And I read a ton of books, uh, that are about licensing deals and making products and, um, yeah, so I was just on a journey of creating a business because I know that I had a stint in advertising as an intern at a really big advertising company, and it sucked. I hated just clocking in and clocking out and not having any freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, what I realized after I was reading a ton of books and I tried to start a marketing company where I was doing Instagram optimization, I started to do a social enterprise hat company to empower females, and I was like, wait, I don't know how to sew. (laughs) And reading more books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Automatic um, Millionaire, Millionaire, Secrets of Millionaires, I was always intrigued of, I know that I want to start my own business and it's just about how to get there. What these books left clues about, which success success leaves clues, Mm -hmm. was all about real estate. Real estate is a tried and true way to build wealth. Mm. And I was like, shoot, if I'm over here trying to build businesses, why don't I build a real estate company, a real estate business, and also find my own deals? Mm -hmm. And with the goal of being to buy properties as fast as possible. Okay. So when I got licensed in 2019, February 2019, I actually didn't help my first family until July of that year. Okay. And then I realized that I was actually really freaking good at this. Like nice. really good at real estate. And before that, like before helping um, people get into single family homes, I was working with a mentor who was teaching me everything about multifamily houses. Okay. Because I got into bigger pockets and multifamily and investing. And I was meeting a lot of investors. And investors just they're all about numbers and i loved it though because my goal is to be an investor Mm -hmm. and i was like wait i need to sell one house first how do i do that so i knew the numbers but now i wanted to sell one house and then when i sold one house i was like damn real estate is for me like Mm. i love it i love everybody i work with i love all the families i get to help and i love that it's different every single time Absolutely. There's a, there's always it's different stories, and we're just coming back from a closing right now, which is a super awesome story, right? Family begin they began their real estate journey at the beginning of this year, had some rough roads and some challenges, and mm-hmm. we were able to close just recently, very shortly, and you know just the plans that they have for their family. I think that's why we do what we do, right? Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. And they're a little bit older. I actually helped their daughter and her husband buy their property first, yeah. And I met them at that closing, hmm. and that was. 
in 2020 and they were like hey we'll be hitting you up soon and it just took three years for them to hit me up but it was gosh it was super special that's awesome so um going into i mean and you're also hitting a huge milestone for yourself right now like you pretty much surpassed your one year of home ownership right yeah in october my one year house anniversary happened let's go that's what's up yeah and that's why we're having this conversation is you became a realtor or you're in the real estate business Mm -hmm. and you made becoming a homeowner possible for yourself and you've kind of already alluded to it as far as the books that you've read that um, have shown you the common thread of what real estate can do for you in terms of wealth building Mm -hmm. right what was your initial goals or what was your initial impressions of becoming a homeowner yourself even before getting into your own transaction the impression of becoming a homeowner was that a lot of people didn't do it and it was actually easier than i think people thought it was or at least i thought it was Mm -hmm. um i thought you had to be super old and have your life together and Mm -hmm. whatnot and it looked hard that was my first impression. But after getting into the business and how clarity is power and mm-hmm. it's all about numbers and knowing what you want and having a system, having a process to help your clients through the home ownership journey mm-hmm. is so freaking simple. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, anybody can do this as long as they've been working a job for two years in yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what was the process like to get yourself ready to actually go shopping for yourself and getting into a, tra- a transaction? Yeah. So that process, I did not start the process without you, actually. Mm-hmm. That I knew that the first two things you need to do when you want to think about buying a property is talk to a real estate advisor and talk to a mortgage specialist. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's funny. People, when I tell people this, they're like, ah, too far. Or they talk to me first. I'm like, hell yeah, now talk to my business partner and yep. get the whole, get a diagnosis of your financial game plan. Exactly. So that you can, so it can be clear what exactly you need to make and how much you need to purchase a house. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's so sad that people get out of the process during that conversation, mm-hmm. which is so clarifying. Because after talking to you, I think we met, shoot, I, I look again. Times. Well, the first time we met was probably still in 2019. Yeah like towards the end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and and i know that with self-employed you know traditionally you have to have two years of being in the business to purchase a house absolutely so i'm like okay i'm in my first year i need to make and i sat down with sunny and i was like okay i need to make 140,000 this year and next year to have an average to afford a property Mm -hmm. and he's like this is what your monthly payment would probably be this is how much you need to save for your down payment and closing costs i was like cool okay so that guided me through the next three years of real estate. Yeah. And it was so simple. It's like once I have my plan and thank gosh I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for people who don't do real estate or in a salaried business, if yeah. they have other things on the side that they do, it's what can you control to get more money to get what you want to get? Mm-hmm. Because I heard 140 and I was like, cool, that's that's the plan and that's what I have to do to afford a house as fast as possible. Exactly. And I think you brought up a very important uh, topic here, right? Like when it comes to self-employed people, and we're not just talking about real estate agents or contract employees, but if you own a business, one of mm-hmm. the biggest mistakes that we see business owners having, and rightfully so, like this is very common, don't feel ashamed if you're in this position, but they take a lot of deductions on their tax returns. 
right? Yeah. And that's why we had that conversation about your tax returns. It's like, yep. hey, Chelsea, like I know you're making a great gross, but that's not what lenders look at. Mm-hmm. You're the lenders look at your net, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have a vision or a goal of what your home purchase should be, which is what kind of how we started the conversation, like, well, I wanted to buy this price of a home. Mm-hmm. You have to reverse engineer that and make sure that your numbers on your tax returns uh, reflect enough income for you to qualify for that home purchase. And mm-hmm. we've run through several scenarios for that because the property type even changed, right? Yeah, that's the key word is reverse engineer. Like, I need, I need to put that in my head because it really is about reverse engineering. Mm-hmm. It's And it's like having a goal, right, or a dream. You have a dream, okay, how the fuck are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. Oops, sorry, cuz. That's no, all good. Yeah. <laughs> you have a dream, how are you going to get there? What's the plan? And yeah. I feel like, okay, the goal is to have this property. What do I need to do to get that? And just like you were saying, with self-employed, um, people, yeah, taxes are huge. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't write off, and most people who are self-employed are like, write off everything, pay as least as you can in taxes. Yeah, I'm like, well, if you pay as least as you can in taxes, it will show that you make less. Exactly. And you need to show a lender or a bank that you make enough money to be trusted with a loan or mm-hmm. to be approved for the amount that you need to make or the, the amount that you want to purchase at. And I think that was tough, and that took a lot of dedication and sacrifice to save enough money for taxes because I need to pay taxes mm-hmm. and still make enough money to get approved for what I want to be approved for. Yeah, but you also, I mean, you for you to go through all of that, like you had an end goal in mind, right? Like all the sacrifice, all the number crunching that you went through, like even before getting into a transaction. Can you explain to uh, the people here, like what was that end goal that kept you motivated? Mm. Well, I know that there's two things that get people to do something that's Mm -hmm. they're either going towards pleasure or going away from pain Mm -hmm. and it was a mix of both so the pain was one i'm a real estate agent if i don't have a house i look stupid Mm -hmm. it it just feels wrong and i need to put myself through the process to know exactly what my clients are going through Mm -hmm. so i could even make my process that much better Mm -hmm. um so that pain was there it's like shoot the let the the farther away I'm from buying a house, the suckier I feel like I am in, in business. Wow. But the pain of not owning a house was painful for me because I know I wanted to give the best service. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't I know I wouldn't be able to give the best service if I didn't put myself in the shoes of my clients. Mm-hmm. And that's um I'm all about freaking service, you know? Mm-hmm. It's about adding value and how can I make everything better for them and make it easier and simple for my clients. Mm-hmm pleasure was i'll have an investment property for my future daughter Mm. for to just to live a life and i know it's i have one property now will i have at least four doors in the next 10 years absolutely Mm -hmm. because all that accounts to retirement right so i don't think that people think about retirement enough especially realtors which is like the number one highest paying white collar job Mm -hmm. but also the lowest number of people that have a retirement plan which is crazy. So I know that retirement isn't about an age, especially when you're self-employed, or even in general, it's not about an age. And I think society has told us what, when you're 62, is it? When you're 62, mm-hmm. you get Social Security and blah, Something blah, like blah. Yeah. I'm like, nah, retirement is when you can afford your monthly bills on a monthly, your monthly bills on an annual basis mm-hmm. through passive income. I agree. 100%. So my goal is to retire by the time I'm 55. And that means I have 19 years, because I'm 31, mm-hmm. I have 19 years to get my shit together and to own at least four doors. Yeah. So the farther I am from owning one door, the farther I am from retiring mm-hmm. and retiring mm-hmm. and being with my future daughter and my family and being present in their life. And, and it's my goal 
to be in my child's life. Like I don't want to mm. be gone from them. I want to be there. Yeah. And not saying I don't. I'm not grateful for my parents, but they've given us a life. So they've given us a life like this, so that I'm able to give like a life that I want to my kids. No, makes sense, hundred yeah. percent. And I think you also brought up. You know, we were talking a little bit before this. And by the way, like what you just shared in terms of like retirement, that's definitely like we can go have like another podcast about financial literacy. And I totally get it. Like a yeah. home has to be like a roof over your head where you make memories so and so. But I really think like people's decision to own a home, especially long term, they don't understand that for if, if they plan for it long term, like how you're doing with like four doors, mm-hmm. you're going to do so amazing with retirement and you're going to pat yourself on the back like 20 years from now. Yeah what it can be right that's a whole other conversation for sure going back to before buying your first home uh you had mentioned like we were having a conversation before this that the vision had changed a little bit you know originally you wanted a multifamily home but you had to change that vision could you share a little bit more about that yeah so i man i was running numbers on multifamily properties with um single family detached properties with an ADU, mm-hmm. condos and townhouses because I really didn't want to have an HOA. Mm-hmm. And that was another pain too for buying my first property was like, shoot, rent is $1,500 a month. Mm-hmm. 1500 times 12 is, is what? Uh, a lot of money. And I just see that money going away, just fucking flying away from me and that's mm-hmm. not okay. And that's, I'm making my landlords rich mm-hmm. when that's, that should be me. I'm the landlord. I can't, I want to be that person in control and have this asset to, yeah. to pull from. Um, so, yeah. So, the goal was a multifamily because I can live in one unit and then rent the others. That way, I can keep my mortgage low and basically pay, let's say, the same amount I've been paying in rent and then maybe even make some on top of that with the other rents I'm getting for my tenants. Mm-hmm. Then I realized that the numbers are tough. It's like, okay, yep. if you want to do the the multifamily, sure, but you have to put clo- you have to put down closer to ninety thousand. Mm-hmm. I was like, fudgesicles. Like, can I do that? Should I do that? Is that the first goal that I wanted? And I was looking at multifamily properties, and my wife Tara was like, "This is not cute. Like, this is <laughs> no." Yeah. And I was like, "Damn it!" And looking at detached. Um, properties with the ADU, yeah. they weren't in areas that I wanted to be, hmm. and I'm like, man, Tara's like, Mm-mm, we're not going, we're not going there. I was like, okay, fine. So we started, we went, and again, I was wearing numbers this whole time on everything, yeah. And then we started looking at condos in like Mission Valley, which I thought were a good deal, or yeah. a condo in Oceanside, which was a super good deal. I even thought about buying a condo for my mother-in-law for her to stay in mm. because the investment would make sense. But it came down to it when we saw the condo that we live in now. Mm. And Tara fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And and this is the only time I believe in this saying, happy wife, happy life, because mm-hmm. me and Tara both deserve to be happy as exactly. wives. Yeah. And I know that it was a really cool place. And it was the first place that Tara actually lit up with. Mm. And seeing her light up and knowing that we didn't have to do any work, it was basically a remodeled property in an amazing area that I know that rents are going to be fat. I mean, they already fat, they're already fat in that area, yeah. And we'll keep continuing to grow along with the equity. That was it. The emotions were there, and we were tied to it. And I was like, okay, stop bringing the numbers on on multifamily because the numbers for this condo are so affordable. Yeah, yeah. And I want to live within my means too. Sure. I don't want to overstep myself. A lot of my clients say I don't want to be house broke, and I'm like, mm. I don't want you to be house broke either. Mm. So in that situation, I was like, 
yeah, I don't want to be house broke. So mm-hmm. let me just start small. At least I'm starting somewhere. It wasn't the dream. It wasn't the goal that I had in mind. But shoot, the universe is giving me something I can't afford. And mm-hmm. I know that I'm never going to sell it. And it'll go to my future daughter one day. Absolutely. So the dream had to change and mold. But I'm still so freaking proud of the place that I brought. Kudos to you to go through that process to refine your vision, right? Because a lot of the people, like, they feel like if I don't buy that multifamily unit, if I don't buy my forever home for the first time, they feel like they're settling on their goals. Yeah. But that's not the case. Like, when you know the advantages of homeownership that we know, Mm -hmm. right, just because of being in the profession, it's eventually going to be worth it. Yeah, you you have to go through that refining process because you didn't factor for, you know, Tara and happy wife, happy life, right? It was all just the numbers in the beginning. But yeah, that's part of the home buyer journey, wouldn't you say? One hundred percent. And I think that it's it's just so silly that I feel like a lot of people get caught up on the dream, mm-hmm. and if they can't afford the dream, they they pull out. Yeah. And for me, it was really about humbling myself. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't the I don't know. This isn't the first. This isn't the Porsche of mm-hmm. a house. Sure. But it's going to get me to A, a point A to point B, and I own it. It's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone, yeah. And and for anybody who does buy a house, it's it really is an incredible fee. All right, so let's talk about during the home buying process. So actually being in the transaction, mm. how did you feel about it? I thought it was super smooth okay. because I just, at this point, I've helped many, many people purchase their first house. Okay. So I know what I'm doing. I know the system. I know the process. And for this house, this condo, it made sense too because it was originally listed for 500000 in mm. Golden Hill, which is just outside of downtown. And super, just a super dope area. And I was just keeping my eye on it and I saw it went it lowered its price, I think, to four fifty. Okay. And I hit up the listing agent. I was like, "Hey, is it worth seeing it? Because, in all honesty, I can't afford more than four hundred thousand." Uh-huh. And he's like, "You know, check it out, and we'll see." Okay. Um. So I checked it out. Me and Tara loved it. And I talked to the listing agent. I was like, "It looks dope, but I can offer. I'll write you an offer for four hundred thousand." And he, we we're going back and forth on the phone actually, because it's a little different. I feel like I didn't have to put too much in writing because yeah. we're both real estate agents. Okay. And he w- and he was like, oh, we can do it for four twenty. I was like, if I do four twenty, I need two. Tw- I need twenty thousand dollars for credits. Okay. For down payment or not down payment for closing costs help for to pay off my PMI, mm-hmm. and for the two one buy down program, mm-hmm. which helps them helps buy down the interest rate because yeah. at that time interest rates were seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And if they help, if they gave me a credit from the sellers to to buy it down to 2%, not 2%, but 2% minus 7.5, mm-hmm. then my first year of interest rates would be 5.5. Mm-hmm. I ended up offering 427.140 because my angel number is 714. I don't know why I see mm-hmm. it. Like I pick up my phone at 714 or whatever. And I was like, shoot, maybe the universe is listening. Just how yeah. some of my clients are like, you know what? I prayed on it and and we'll see if it goes through. I'm like, heck yeah, yeah do all the praying. All of us are praying for you. Yeah. But yeah. for my thing is, shoot, I'm going to throw in some angel numbers in there. Okay. And they ended up accepting it. I was like, nice. I was like, oh, budge. Like, we just basically got a house $100,000 less than what they listed it for. Yeah. And they're giving me $20,000 wow. to buy this house from them. Yeah. And during the process, it was super smooth again because that's just what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was actually able to get $7,000 more in credits. <laughs> wow. So that's a total of $27,000. 27,000 in credits. Okay. Yeah. And they paid for, with that, they paid for more of my closing costs and they paid for um, a year of HOA. Mm. 
Mm. And this is a res- this is a resale condo. So mm-hmm. sometimes if someone goes to a new bill, they'll offer um, a year of HOA. Yeah. But with this, I was like, this is a no brainer. So mm-hmm. I think I I think I had like fifty thousand dollars I spent purchasing this property. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was smooth. I was like, shoot, I'm buying a house right now. So I mean, that was just an amazing opportunity to come by. 27000 in credit, mm-hmm. partly obviously to do with interest rates elevating back up to, or elevating to 7.5% for the first time. Now we're back into that range. Yeah. Right? How did you spot that opportunity? Like, what was the triggering point? Like, man, maybe I can, you know, negotiate a deal here. Yeah. And you know what? Something is, I tell all my clients is like, y'all should look in November, December, like during the holidays. If you really mm-hmm. want to buy a property and get a good deal, mm-hmm. buy it during the holidays because sellers need to sell. The sellers who are selling, they most likely, more than not, need to sell. Mm-hmm. And there's less competition out there because people are like, ah, I'll wait till next year. I'm going to yeah. take off time for Thanksgiving, Kwanzaa, Christmas, and all that fun stuff. And I was just diligent. I was like, I know that I can afford something right now and I'm not going to go into the new year without pur- purchasing a property. Mm-hmm. So I think I just because I know the market and I know what's going on, mm-hmm. I was like a shark. I was like, mm, where's the deal going to be? Yeah. And I talked to a bunch of listing agents too to see if we can make numbers work. Mm-hmm. And it obviously it takes time and it, ta- yeah. it takes time, it takes grit and it takes resilience. Mm-hmm. And um, just being diligent mm-hmm. and seeing and opportunities and honestly, any market will present themselves. It's just yeah. if you're financially ready and you have the mental clarity to do mm-hmm. it and to pursue it. To be quite clear and just the right expectation, like not every listing is going to have this kind of opportunity. Like you have mm-hmm. to trust your agent, a great agent like yourself, mm-hmm. right? To have that discernment on when this is actually possible and when it is um, appropriate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you just found the appropriate situation mm-hmm. and you took action. So now after, you know, obviously completing a year of home ownership, yeah. looking back at the process, becoming a homeowner, what kind of things have stood out to you now? I would say that even though I'm a real estate agent and I know the process and I know exactly what to do to make sure that I do my due diligence to buy a property things can happen like the most rain we've ever gotten last year happened mm-hmm. and a leak came i had a leak through one of my windows mm. and it's a, it was a pretty gnarly leak i was like what the heck is going on like i did all my inspections and it's it's funny because like it's this is what i do mm-hmm. but it's still possible for something to come up after the fact yeah and just know that it's you can do everything you need to do to know like, know as much as you need to know about the property mm-hmm. but things can still happen after the fact yeah and that's why you have home insurance why you have home warranty mm-hmm. and also it's just when i look at my problems that i have i find gratitude in it because mm-hmm. when you start living a life that's for you it's like i want to live this life i want to live this life well depending on that life you want to live you also better be ready to live the problems that come with that sort of lifestyle mm. And some people forget about that too. It's like, mm. shoot, I'm gonna choose this life, but hey, I better be ready to solve these problems too. Mm-hmm. Or the higher I get in business and success, it's like, okay, I'm just gonna have bigger problems, but I'll mm. be better equipped to handle these problems. Wow. So I find gratitude in that leak and being like, that's my leak. Mm. <laughs> I own this house and I'm gonna figure it out, which I'm still f- figuring out with the HOA, to be <laughs> honest, to, to figure that out. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it, it really is a homeowner mindset to have. Mm-hmm. It's a certain pride that you have 
I just never regret it. So what what do you think makes the problems worth it? Knowing that I'm building a life that I'm proud of mm-hmm. and I'm building a life not just for me but for my family and my future mm-hmm. family because this is I don't know. If I, I'm sure I said it. This is an investment property, and yeah. I will never sell it. And this will be my daughter's yeah. when she's like 21. But yeah, it's just when you have long-term goals, yeah. short-term short-term decisions are easier to make. Absolutely, yeah. Or even just you know these small problems, right? Like they may seem pretty big in the very beginning, but in the grander scheme of things, if you're pulled by a bigger vision, it's really very minuscule, right? So kind of wrapping things up, you know. What kind of tips do you have for potential home buyers? I would say get as much education as you can mm. and definitely partner up with a good real estate advisor like myself to lead you through the process because I'm big on education. Mm-hmm. I was talking to, to you earlier about creating a whole coaching platform to help people understand the whole process before getting into the process mm-hmm. because I think that's what's, what's lacking is people don't know enough mm-hmm. and I can only put up so many rules to educate people on what to do but if I have a coaching platform that people can plug into when they're ready it would just solidify that process even more for them mm-hmm. and get them that much closer to owning real estate yeah and I would say also too as well from your story is you know having a bigger vision and knowing your numbers right oh yeah even if you're self-employed or working a salary job mm. knowing your numbers as fast as possible can help clarify that goal again yeah. clarity is power and people don't make decisions if they're unclear people mm. don't make choices if they're confused mm-hmm. so you can either sit there and be confused and wish that you had a house or you can be like shoot let me talk to somebody that knows what they're doing mm. and allow them to lead you on the right steps to get you that much closer But I think it really comes down to what do you want? Like, why is it important for Mm -hmm. you to have a house? And I think to add on top of that, like, I think one thing that you did, right, is that you were already in the game, but you you still were humble enough to get the right resources. Like, you know, you reached out to multiple people to run numbers to get more information on how to do that, right? So you just didn't give up, and it's all due to your greater vision. Yeah. So to wrap things up, I'd like to do this uh, random question generator. So I'm going <laughs> to I have this site here. Where I'm going to generate a random question, and you're going to have to answer it, Chelsea. Let's go. If you had to change the language you speak, which one would you choose? <sighs> Honestly, okay, the first thought was Spanish because, mm. because <sighs> living in San Diego, like everyone speaks Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'd be able to connect with more people speaking Spanish. Mm. But in reality, I would, I would love to speak Tagalog. Oh, yeah, why? because I when I first went to the Philippines, I wasn't able to connect with my family there as much mm-hmm. because I love asking for stories. I love talking to them. And when I was in the Philippines, they, it was almost like they were embarrassed to try to speak English, mm-hmm. and it made me feel really sad. Mm-hmm. And I vowed, I was like, next time I go to the Philippines, I'm going to know how to speak because. Yeah. I want to have a connection with my family there. And yeah. I want to talk to the people there. And because I'm so grateful that my parents came from the Philippines, mm-hmm. immigrated, and given us this beautiful life that now I'm seriously, I'm more American Filipino rather than Filipino American. Yeah. And it, it's really sad. So I want to connect more with my roots and connect more with, with my family and just understand them more so I can be more grateful for who I am today and where I have had the privilege to grow up. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and I could probably talk to my mom's parents for the first time. Wow, that's huge. So where, where can people follow you, Chelsea? Ooh, best place to find me is Instagram at Chelsea Almario. And yeah, or just text me. Shoot, 
888-999-9129. Shoot me a text. If you're going through something, let me know. Even if it's just life stuff. I don't even know. I'm so ingrained with like therapy as well. Wow. But even if you're going through some stuff because life is tough, shoot me a text. That's brave. Thanks for sharing that, Chelsea. Thank you for tuning in to the Home X Podcast. And thank you, Chelsea, for hopping on. Of course. Good luck out there. Peace. Bye.